previously on Tales of Asperon. We don't really know what the problem is. So, but if you tell us, maybe we can just work work things out. This man, he looks over towards the hero and his friends killed my master two years ago and left me trapped here. Was your master evil? No. <laughs> Valid question. He was a good man and a hero of this town. All of you fine folks, I would like to offer you something nice. If you're up for it. Depends, what is it? Our guild is constantly looking for people who can make themselves useful in the way that you did today. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Asperon. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? We sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Awesome. You pull off that sick backflip while you were juggling. Roll low? Maybe you break your nose trying, or maybe even someone else's. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. To give a brief recap, you guys settled down in Whispering Lake. After figuring out some bounties, Tedward awoke, and you guys decided to take that bounty and go out shopping. Um, you went to a quick store. You made a deal with the store owner to meet in the morning, and you guys went back to the inn you were staying at to get some rest. You and Haley both put Tuberry to bed to make sure he was comfortable and safe so he wouldn't drunkenly stumble out in the town and get smooshed. And the two of you lay down to rest. Alea, can I have a perception check? Okay, I perception check. I have gotten a eight. An eight. Okay. Well, <laughs> you sleep through a good portion of the night undisturbed. Every once in a while, you hear coming from Tuberry. Um, and at one point, you hear it. You kind of wake up and look over and you see Tuberry shifting in the little makeshift bed you made for them. And something odd catches your eye. You smell, it smells like a campfire. The whole room. What do you okay. do? Uh, I guess groggily, groggily, is that a word? I'm just keep thinking of critical role grog. Um, it's word adjacent. <laughs> uh, I, I'll sit up and try to locate the source. Okay. Um, well, you sit up in bed, oh, maybe a little nervous, just because it smells like fire. It smells like campfire. Um, and when you lift up, you see right where Haley left it, leaning against the wall, is Igni's vessel. And the hilt right above where the top of your hand would touch the crossguard of the blade, mm-hmm. you see it's kind of glowing with a faint red light. Like a uh... faint orange flickering, almost like... It looks kind of like you're looking at a candle or a torch. I would like to investigate it. Okay. Quietly or? Uh, yeah, because hey, I don't want to hey wake Lane, up. Two bears yeah. are still in bed. Yeah, I don't want to wake them up. Okay, roll me a stealth check. Uh, I got a negative one with stealth. Um, I got a three. <laughs> okay, so you climb out of bed and your feet get caught in the blankets and you roll and stumble and hit the ground and just freeze i i <laughs> you can tell sometimes surprisingly these moments won't wake people up because at one point i walked into 
this is an old college thing i walked into um a dorm room that i was sharing with this like basically a total stranger at the time and i dropped like an art case on the floor and a giant metal ruler that like clanged up and down for 30 seconds and i just oh my gosh froze in the dark and waited and waited and then there was no like no reaction at all and that's exactly <laughs> what alea does as she stumbles out of bed you hear something fall over one of your bags clangs down onto the floor um you can hear the watering can kind of like bang back and forth against the side of the bed and you just freeze and you hear two berries stir a little in bed Haley is knocked out and <laughs> you get up and make your way over to this kind of long sword laying against the like bracing bracing against the wall um can you roll me an investigation check am i gonna be failing every roll <laughs> I, guess we'll, I guess we'll see <laughs> i got an eight <laughs> Eight. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Um, so you inspect over the the blade, specifically the part that's glowing, and you notice very fairly small, maybe the size of a quarter. It's kind of obvious just because the rest of this room is dark and the sword is glowing. Um, but it looks like there's a small ruby encased in the cross guard of this blade. You guys never really took the time to inspect it over, so this is a detail that seems pretty new to you. And because your investigation is so low, um, you can't really see anything odd about it, so you reach out and kind of run your thumb over it. You hear Igni's voice in your head. Hello, Alea. Um, Igni, are you okay? <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet. I... I'm having trouble resting. Um, Is it safe to assume you do as well? Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, That I'm going to look over at Haley. Hold on, hold on. Uh, can I pick up the sword and try to sneak out of the room? Yeah, sure. Without waking anyone up? Um, Hopefully. Roll me into the skull check. <laughs> I'm going to fail. Uh, this is the third eight in a row. <laughs> it's just not your night. What? Um, well, you pick up the blade and it kind of, you reach down and pick up the blade. And as you do it, you hear like a scrape as it runs along the wall that it's leaning against. You're pretty clumsy. <laughs> and you kind of drag it over to the door and put your hand on the handle and turn in it. And as you pull the door open, it goes <laughs> and just drags across the floor. Every little thing you do to sneak out of here makes noise. Um, oh god <laughs> you're not sure if it woke anyone up but as far as you can tell Haley, at least Haley and two berries seem undisturbed and okay. you take the sword out of the room now there are plenty of other unoccupied open rooms in this inn it seems the four of you were the only ones here okay I'm, I'm gonna just try to go to like the furthest corner where i won't make any more noise okay um you make your way down the hall and at the very end there's like a there's one room with the door still kind of ajar and you open it and you can see that the beds aren't totally arranged. It looks like this room isn't, maybe it isn't being used, at least for guests. And you kind of slip in and close the door behind you and you hear Igni's voice crawl back into your head. Where are we going? Just somewhere where we can talk and I won't uh, accidentally wake anyone up. Okay, I think I understand, though you are quite noisy. Yeah... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were saying, and she's gonna, like, that anyway was a little bit louder than it was supposed to be, but she shushes. I'll shush myself. Anyway, what were you asking? The man we agreed to deliver to justice. Yeah? Are you satisfied with the justice he has received? Well, he said he was gonna get punished as full extent right that's not making do you, sense do you know what justice this man will receive are they mm. specific no but i think i think it's going to be a prison sentence so he will remain inside a jail or a cell or something yes that's what i'm thinking is that the kind of justice you had imagined uh yeah i would think so He's not free, you know? He can't walk around and do live his life. That justice is new to me. Well, we agreed 
There would be no murdering. We we did. I am just having trouble coping with the terms of it. Well, what would make you feel better? Ending his life? Stooping as low as he did to your to your master? Mm. My master dealt his own justice, usually a swift death to those who will deserve it. So this concept is new to me. Mm. Is is there anything you, you would want me to to do? Do you want to go maybe see him? I I have an idea, but it would require your agreement because it does lie outside the terms of our contract. Alright. Let's hear it. Let's hear what you say before I agree. Just so you understand, the type of justice I am used to seeing is swift and definite. It is easy to tell when justice has been served when there is a corpse in front of you. With this man rotting in a cell, I can't really see the justice being served. Okay. If I leave my strength in this vessel and go observe our incarcerated enemy to ensure that he has justice and our contract is fully fulfilled, the justice that you wished for him to receive. And you wouldn't hurt him? If my powers lie here, I cannot. Sorry. Okay. The police are here, run! <laughs> run! They're on to Um My powers would, would remain in the vessel. I would not have the power to hurt him aside from a simple catch scratch. You feel something brush against your ankle while you're kind of standing in this dark room. And you look down and you see like a black form. It's just kind of appeared, and it's the same black hat you saw in the tavern where your adventure first started. Igni's kind of material form. Aw, kitty. And it, comes, uh, it sits down and looks looks towards you. I, I think as long as you there's no harm to him and you're safe, I think I can agree to those terms. I can assure you my safety is not an issue. If I were to perish in this form, I would simply return to the vessel. Speaking I will of go. perish, yes. are you hungry? <sighs> Do you see the hilt on that blade? Yes. Touch the ruby. I'll touch it. Roll me a charisma saving throw. <laughs> oh no. 17! I did something! <laughs> I did um, something okay. Okay, so the actual effect of this doesn't happen, but you get a glimpse of what would have happened. Um, when you look down at the ruby and move your thumb away from it, you feel your vision being pulled into it. Like you're being, it feels like you're about to be sucked into the blade. And in that brief moment, you see a small circular black stone chamber, very similar to the one where you originally found Igni. And in the middle of this chamber, there's a large, large fire pit and sitting kind of in a regal pose in the middle of this fire pit is a large, large black panther. The top of its ears come up to high points, much like a caracal, if you've ever seen them. And its fur is like a deep, deep silhouette. And in this quick glimpse, roll me a perception check. Perception. I crit failed. Got a six. <laughs> okay, so you don't notice. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so useless right now. You don't I'm notice sleepy my- and groggy. Uh, you don't notice my little bonus thing here, but you see its eyes open and you just see roaring flame and like these dancing flecks of light that are reminiscent of like embers of a fire long burnt away. And your vision is pulled back and Igni goes, your will is stronger than I had assumed. I am tired of this food game you play. I do not eat. I do not need to eat. What I just offered you is a glimpse at what sustains me. My hearth. That blade is connected to it. If you wish to feed me, maybe burn something in my presence and tell me a story, a tale. Those are the types of things I eat. Uh, I'm gonna bend down and I'm going to pat Igni's head. I'm just going to say, 
I'm just looking out for you. And then uh, and I'll let you I'll let you go scout out ahead. Roll me a persuasion check. One day Igni <laughs> will love me. <laughs> uh persuasion. Okay. Twenty-two. Okay. Um as you pat Igni's head, you can kind of feel him reflexively lean into it, and then he kind of pulls away like bashfully. Thank you for looking out for me. It is not something I have had in a long time. But now I would like to look out for you a little bit. Rose, I heard the conversation. I heard her offer, and I am very aware of the organization in which she serves. How do you feel about it? Mm, To be honest, I'm supposed to be making my way... Down south, Uh, walking fast? Making my way down down. Uh, No, I'm supposed to be making my way... um, I've kind of prolonged my journey a little bit longer than I originally anticipated. Right now, I'm just kind of going with the flow. Why? What do you think of it? My previous master, Augustus Ringwald, was a hunter of Amarth. And the things he experienced, slaying evils in their name, is what caused him to retire. It was Mm. a power that weakened him, very much so. And after his retirement, he had to spend every day of his life fighting to keep that evil that it left on him at bay. The Hunters of Amarth tangle with beings and powers very sinister. But but if no one does it, then don't the evils and the sinister monsters win? You see Igni's face creep a little bit into a smile. And he says, you sound just like him, you know. Um, I just offer you a warning. The Hunters of Amarth will throw you into danger. I just wish for you to be prepared for it. And if you are willing, I may follow at your side if you prove worthy. Uh, add a character in mm-hmm. me. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, in character. Um, thank you, Igni. Thank you for the advice. I really appreciate you looking out for us. Of course. Remember when you were just an angry little kitty? You were so mad. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to stand up and look out a window that I'm assuming is in this room somewhere. Yeah, there's one in the back. It's kind of, there's a latch with keeping it shut. You can open it if you want. I will. I shall. As it gently opens up. I don't know if you need uh, windows or exits to go scout, but just in case. Thank you. I will keep an eye on our quarry and return back to the vessel if anything develops. I want to make sure he receives the justice that you wish that we agreed upon before I return. And Ignin kind of hops up onto the rail of this windowsill. And looks back at you, and in, in, in Igni's eyes, you can see that kind of same ember that you saw in the panther inside the whatever space that blade was connected to. And he slowly closes his eyes into like a slow blink, and then hops down from the windowsill. Uh, I'm going to loudly whisper, be safe, Igni! And then I'm going to close the window. <laughs> okay. Um, as you're closing the window shut behind you, you can kind of see, like, rising over the horizon is the sky is turning this kind of orangish purple as you can kind of see the sun is rising a bit. And on the roof, not far above you, you hear the creaking of footsteps. Um, out of character, it's probably Tedward brooding on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably scamper back to bed. Okay. Um... Leia doesn't deal with the bumps in the night, okay? Mm -hmm. You quickly go down the hall and make your way to your room and close the door behind you. You notice at this point, Tuberry has kind of rolled in bed and is now uncovered. Uh, I would like to cover him again. Okay. You grab your little makeshift blanket and wrap it over him and you hear... There are so many cute aspects in this this series. And... You kind of quietly climb into bed and just rest until the rest of your party awakens. Ah, okay. One day Igni will love me.
and Man, that'd be great. It would have been cool as shit if you got pulled into that blade. <laughs> uh, well, I got eight, three, eight, eight, <laughs> and then a fail, a crit fail. You would, yeah, that one roll made up for all of your bad rolls. You would have met actual Igni, not tiny fire cat Igni. Oh, oh my god! One day, one, one day. day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to the mineral. You may notice the audio for the next half of this episode is a little bit crunchy. We had some technical issues halfway through our last recording session, and my microphone kept peaking, and we didn't really figure out why until after the recording was over. So I would like to apologize for that, if you even notice it. If you'd like to learn more about our show, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. There you can find out more about the world, our blog, and everywhere else you can listen to the show. If you like to keep current with show updates or just see random posts about Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop shows, follow us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon. That's Tales of A-S-P-E-R-R-A-N. If you enjoy what you hear, we would love it if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Both platforms are great and we seriously appreciate your feedback. Finally, thanks and shoutouts. Again, we're always leveraging the ambient sounds of Sword Coast Soundscapes and the compositions of Kevin McLeod. You'll find them both on Bandcamp, and I'll also put a link to them down on the episode description. So, we release episodes every other Friday. So I will be seeing you again on the fantastically spoopy month of October, specifically the 4th. So, until then... I hope you have a great time and a safe weekend. All right, let's get back to the show. The rest of you wake up to the sound of, or what is the beginning of the sounds of birds, like cooing and chirping throughout the town. Um, And you hear a door slam as the innkeeper is awoken and is making their way down the hall to go downstairs and open up the inn for the day. What do y'all do? Check on two berries. With a quick look, you can see Tuberry is in this little makeshift bed, arms spread out like starfished, just lying Aww. there. So it does sleep. Me, 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 me. Wait, is that terrifying or not? You guys have made some kind of weird, it's... unholy abomination. I think it's cute. Cute, um... unholy abomination. Yeah, until it eats your eyes. <laughs> I'm going to just make sure everyone's awake. Um, yeah, you, everyone kind of awakes at roughly the same time. Pele, are you a morning person? Pele kind of just struggles to get up, but he is determined because he has to check on Tuberry. Okay, you both, at that point, you both, you stir at, like, the slightest noise, and you both kind of wake up to find Tuberry, like, clonked out on this little makeshift bed you've made. All the water's gone. I'd be so hungover. (laughs) Okay, um, yeah, I guess I just gather our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as you're gathering your things together, picking up your bags, we cut to Thurbash. Um, you awaken in your bed. The smell of incense is long gone from this room. and uh, you Thurbash, can turn... Thurbash would not be sleeping in the bed. Oh, he would not. Okay. Unfortunately, Unfortunately yeah, Thurbash sleeps on the floor. Okay. That's a so fun fact. The bed is left unmade. Um, Thurbash would be kind of on the early side to arise as is custom you need to get stuff done so you can't sleep too long okay um you awaken um around the same time the innkeeper gets up um and what what awakens you is the floorboard the floorboards kind of shaking a little as um their footsteps um shake the floor as they make their way downstairs and you awake to find tedward not in the bed strange their vessel stand up uh just kind of brush himself off uh pick up his pack and then just walk out the door. <laughs> he All has right. no clue where anybody else is, but he's just going to go down to the lobby and wait. <laughs> okay. Um. I guess the rest do the rest of you go down there as well. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll pick up Tuberry with his mage hand. Yeah. Let him float. Oh. You pick him up with, uh, well, I guess, by the stem. No, he uh, levitates and basically like puts it under and then lifts. Okay. Um, your spectral mage hand follows along with Tuberry in your hand, uh, in this, like, floating cat's paw as you make your way down to the lobby. What'd you say? So why did he pick up the stem? Does he just walk up to kids and grab a fistful of hair and be like, hey, <laughs> nice to see you again? I mean, 
to give me credit, you literally just did that to the barkeep or to the innkeeper. It's just true. <laughs> Oof. You grab a fistful of dwarven head and just pick them up. I needed his undivided attention. Um, so you all make it down into the lobby. Um, Tedward, at what point do you climb down? Mm, when I'm when I get hungry, so pretty much as soon as the sun comes up. Okay. Um, you guys hear as you're awake and kind of moving around. You hear a clamoring on the roof, footsteps, creaking the wood. Um, do you just jump straight off the roof? Mm-hmm. Superhero <laughs> landing. <laughs> Romaine athletics check. Buddy. <laughs> I'd actually or acrobatics, it. your call. As long as you don't find some excuse to make this a wisdom check. <laughs> oh yeah, baby, twenty six. You guys hear a, um, a hard thud as twenty twenty five. Either way, Sorry. still really cool. Right outside the building, you don't even hurt your ankles. Um, <laughs> Just my knees. Yeah, you you hear it's a okay. thud as future Jedward will pay for that. Spray <laughs> a check, cash later. <laughs> um, you guys hear a, a thud outside, and Tedward, I guess, do you come in? What do you do? Yeah, I come in. Okay. Um, and the door opens as Tedward walks into the the inn with all of you. I pause for a moment, backlit by the rising sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, Tedward now reflexively pauses when entering any room. Good morning. It's not voluntary. Yeah. I noticed you did not come to the room last night. It's not safe there. <laughs> I can agree with you on that one. <laughs> Is everyone ready to go? Where are we going? We need to eat first. Okay, first we'll eat and then we'll go. Yeah. Um... Also, I agree. Where? Go where? <laughs> oh, we're gotta go to a... We had told you this yesterday. We gotta go to a shop to get the secret bag. Oh uh, yeah, this amazing bag that unlike other bags, holds Old stuff. stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing that, Marvel. Where is the rest of the money right now? Is it still in the room? I think we, didn't we split it? Oh yeah, we did, that's right. Otherwise, that would have been awkward. <laughs> so, so enough to put uh, stuff in the bag that holds and there's nothing in there. Oh yeah, so you guys have 2,500 gold and 150 platinum. Ooh, mama. Yeah, you guys got a lot of money. Uh-uh. That's a lot for a group that doesn't Why don't normal story. people just catch dangerous criminals? <laughs> Why don't your average everyday citizens just, you know, go out and kill dragons for fun? Um, for real, why not? It's lucrative. Maybe they do. I mean, it tracks dragons collect gold. Maybe inflation's just that bad. It sounds like, Mike, what you've just described is a classic feedback loop where I kill a dragon for his gold, accruing more gold, attracting more dragons, which I then kill for more gold. It sounds like a win, 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 win forever. That's exactly what it is. Until you get eaten, and then this big dragon has your hoard of gold, in which case another adventurer comes, kills that dragon, and the loop restarts itself. This sounds great. This sounds like it would age like fine wine. Just a bigger and bigger massive treasure hoard that's slowly deflating the economy. No, I mean, like, I think what it's deflating is the dragon population, but whatever. Also true. You don't know how quickly they breed. Uh, nothing that big breeds quickly. Says who? Except your mama. So, while you guys are um, discussing, the innkeeper comes out with what seems to be a pretty simple and straightforward complimentary breakfast. Um, there's a lot a fairly large plate of eggs that you guys can just kind of, you know, help yourself to and dig in. Um, along with that, there's like cured breakfast meats, like sausage, bacon, um, and there's, a a big cask of water and, um, ale if you want it. Um, and the innkeeper sets it up and goes, all right, help yourself. Have we paid already? Yeah, you guys have already paid. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, ask the keeper for that. For the four of you with the meal and the thing, it would probably cost you, like, a gold at the most. Wow. Not a lot. Yeah. We rich. Why don't we just live the rest of our days out here? <laughs> you know why? You don't? Adventure. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that's why you don't live here. Oh, wait a minute. That's a that's a legit thing. That wasn't just me hallucinating? Oh, well, yeah. Would Tedward say anything about it? 
No, Tedward wouldn't know who to trust, man. Tedward might think this might go all the way to the top. It wasn't just you passing in. It was actual whispers. Are we the top? <laughs> no. You see, that, that's another facet of my new personality. Edward thinks these these weird, cliched thoughts, but he doesn't actually put any investigative like <laughs> contemplation into it. This thought would come into his head. It goes all the way to the top. He doesn't even know what that means. He just says, okay, then. Clearly. <laughs> can't talk about it. Okay. All right. All right, then. After a long and filling breakfast, um, what would you all like to do? We gotta I'd go like to, to that place. find out what the top is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, number one priority. Um, we should finish our shopping and go talk to Rose. Secret meeting time. Oh, yeah. She Rose. probably expects an answer soon. She answer can for what? Has anyone thought of what to tell her? Have we decided? She wants to know if we want to join her gang. Gang? Like criminals? Uh, They are hunters and monsters. All right. That sounds more like a guild. Yeah, that's the right word. That's exactly what it is. That's that word. (laughs) The G word. That was close enough. Um, So did we want to join? I mean, she needs her help. I don't see why not. It would be beneficial if we wish to maintain the amount of money. The the mayor said that he doesn't work with guilds, so. We do not need to tell him. Do we want to work with him? But that's lying. The mayor is anti-union. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we stand outside his mansion with a huge inflatable rat? The mayor should understand. After all, we've helped him once before. That's but, true. I mean, why do we care what the mayor cares? Hearing this talk about the mayor not liking guilds, you hear mysteriously under Tedward's breath, goes all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, Um. so... You guys want to go to this meeting? Yeah. Yeah. All right. With Alea leading the way, you pretty quickly make it back to this um, shop right as it's opening. Um, and this half-elven individual, you catch them right as they're opening up the door to the shop. I really thought you were going to say, with Alea leading, you get lost for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, how we can roll for uh, one if you want. What's no, the balance? Okay. Sorry. The balance? Oh, do you want to? Should I roll? If you want to. I mean, we're already there. Let's just. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> what did Tedward ask? Well, I'm asking it, not Tedward. I, I meant to say oh. when you people always say half elven, are we assuming the other half is human? Like it could be a lot of things. Well, right now their skin is. They just have like a. Um, their skin is like a soft brown. Hard to tell exactly when you when you have half elves. A lot of the time, the elf just kind of takes over a lot. That's kind of what they assume. Yeah, I was, I, I was wondering what the balance of elf to X is, because Tedward can't tell right now if they're part elven or they're just very smooth. <laughs> oh, oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> in in this case, they are likely more human. But if they're if they're more human, Edward just thinks it's an unusually smooth human. You keep calling him Edward. Is that intentional? No, I think you're just hearing some microphone garble so you're standing at this shop and this uh dark-skinned half-elven individual is opening the door um and they look over the shoulder oh hello i see that friends yes this is our full party hmm. hello <laughs> okay i have uh, reached out to my contact um come in come in they should be here soon i'm going to that monocle okay you see a little sticker on, or a little like tag on it like made it a paper written in with um charcoal it's just two gold pieces doing the mental math that's two hearty meals <laughs> how much gold do i have i have five we're good i'm gonna buy this much <laughs> <laughs> i can eat for two days after i buy this <laughs> i'm covered okay uh, yeah i'm just gonna buy it i'm gonna do it while you're ringing up with this um the shopkeep um, you guys hear the bell of the shop ding, ding on the door chime 
as someone walks in. They're wearing kind of, they're very, very short. They're kind of wearing like a um a gray, like a, a deep gray cloak. It almost looks like rock like a rocky texture. Um, and they just walk past you and make their way to the back of the shop and step through this door at the very, very back of the room. The monocle you've gotten is very nice. Um, it has like a it's like a gilded gold rim around the edge and you can use it to like if you're i'll say mechanically if you're using it to inspect objects that are like very up close you can have advantage on it nice if you want it was for pure aesthetics but nice bonus the shopkeep looks to all of you and goes says um that was the person you are supposed to be meeting um would you all like to follow me to the back yeah okay um the shopkeep opens up the door um, and leads you to like the back storage room of this place. And you see this individual take their hood and pull it back. And their skin is like a deep hunter green. They have these long pointed ears that go off to each side. Their eyes, very, very big. Their pupils, as you can see in this kind of dimly lit room, the um, irises are red. And they go, hi. Jesus. Hi. Hello. So, uh, Emil tells me you want to buy some uh, some goods. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the door close behind you as the shopkeep steps out. So, uh, what are what are you what are you looking for? We're looking for a bag that holds things. I can't imagine why this guy was wearing a hood. <laughs> <laughs> so, like a bag. You want a bag <laughs> of holding. What he said. Oh. Of- Oh, a bag of holding, not a bag that holds things. Those are two very different objects. What do you mean? <laughs> Don't they both hold? What? What's the other one like? Okay, a bag that holds things is you put your hand in and you touch the bottom. A bag of holding is a bag that you put your hand in and you can climb in it if you wanted. Oh. So a really big bag. Yeah, but they're really small. No, that makes no sense. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this guy might be high on his own supply. <laughs> <laughs> you you see that all right look for a bag of holding not a bag that holds things it would be um 800 gold they're, 800. Hard, they're hard to get and they take a long time to make it's a bag that you can climb into that's small but it's big but it holds things and it costs 800 gold. can we see it um wouldn't a bag of holding just be made of Many, many bags? Yeah, I'm with this guy. Oh, amateurs. <laughs> the, this, this individual reaches into their um, jacket and pulls out a small golden pouch. Maybe at its widest, it would be about 10 to 12 inches in diameter. And then go, look, see this bag? Can hold mm-hmm. two, 200 pounds. It's like, looks about as big as a jug of milk, maybe at its largest. I don't believe I can climb in that bag. <sighs> He re- reaches in. You watch as they go to their wrist, to their elbow, to their shoulder, and then they pull out what looks to be a whole cask of ale and start it, and they tip the bag, and the cask just falls on the ground. But can you fit in there? I mean... If it was magic, why in the name of God would you call it the bag of holding? <laughs> why look, would you name it after a functional bag? <laughs> look, I didn't invent the enchantment. It's the People that did, that's what they call it. I can't help if they call it something stupid. Oh my god, was that the price for their power? Did they sell their imagination to a <laughs> I still want to see you get in. Let's see, do you want the bag or not? Yeah. Can you fit in it? Yeah. We, I, we will I, take the bag. I can fit in it. It'd be a bit of a stretch. Well, let's see. I don't believe you. Don't put anything living in the magic bag. Yeah, it'll probably die. Well, then why did you say we could go into it? I said you could. I didn't say you should. Fair, fair. This is why I wanted you to get in. I wanted to know if it, would ha- if it was viable. I can I... fit. I won't climb in because then you'll just take the bag and take me somewhere, and I don't want that. I thought you said you'd die in there. Is that not why you don't want to do it? die eventually. Uh... So do you think we should get it, or should we get just a regular bag that holds things? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> You've, you've brought me all the way out here to debate if you should buy a normal bag versus this really cool kick-ass bag that you can fit your whole arm in. Let's buy the bag. 
That would be a better should, brand name if we you should were buy the bag. Marketed it as a kick-ass bag. Yes, it should be a bag of kick-ass. You know what? Call it whatever you want. What else do you have? We'll take Actually, the bag. What no, else do you have? A bag of kick-ass would make it sound like a combat enchantment. I understand why they don't call it that. <laughs> oh gosh. Like, there's the can of, of whoop ass. That's a very well known enchantment. <laughs> All right, so bag, yes, no, maybe so. What are you doing? Yes. Yes. Let's get the bag. What else do you have? Wait a minute. We had we had twenty five hundred gold split four ways. Three ways. You were asleep. Three ways. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Tedwood's nose is bleeding again as he does math. <laughs> If you want to buy this bag, do you have enough money by yourself, or are we buying this bag? I thought we would buy it with the um, with the stuff that we got from which calls it the bag your bounty. Yeah. Again, is this a group purchase? Mm, yeah. Thurbash is gonna drop his his bag to the floor, and grab just a handful of coins, without counting and just slam them down on the nearest surface. Okay, that's like 10 gold. <laughs> oh, okay. Go in a couple more handfuls. All right. Are you guys cops or something? Like, do you oh, work I for am. the guard? I, it makes sense enough? with the state of the police force in this town, but no. Because I, I, I... You you want more? Um, Y'all seem Alea's... way over your head. Like, way, way, way over your head. Alea's gonna use her behind the counter experience and try to and try to count this shuffling more handfuls <laughs> just... actually you know what? yeah you you can just count out the gold and give it to him i'm not going to make that any kind of roller okay <laughs> um so you're buying the bag yeah yes yeah. <laughs> okay um this individual takes um the coin and they pull out a second bag this one has like some fun stitching on it it's like got a like a um a black and white stripe pattern and they pour all the coin in the bag and you guys watch the coin just disappear as it goes in and the bag doesn't look like it gets any heavier and then this individual Ooh. takes out the bag and goes all right one kick-ass bag here and puts it out to you cool uh i'm gonna take it all right good to go um nothing else what else you got <laughs> what do you need i mean it's not about need it's matter what i don't know what i want well i know you wanted the bag because that's why i'm here <laughs> yeah <laughs> We got that, so I don't know what I want anymore. You are some confusing people. <laughs> He's gonna kill us. You are some very confusing people. I'm giving you the opportunity to sell us on something, man. Come on. Yeah, how does he know what he wants if he doesn't know what you have? Alright, what what kind of needs do you have? That's a better question. Are you trying to hide? Or are you trying to talk better with people? Are you trying to stab real good? I'll take that last one. You want to stab real good? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't want to intimate that I don't stab real good, but... <laughs> Alright, fine, fine. For you sensitive folk, you want to stab better. Sure, there can always be better gradations of stab. Alright, hold on, look, look. He reaches into another bag of holding and pulls out um, a dagger. And he goes, this, this little guy, he can, uh, he stab things, it's hot to the touch. And when he, like, tilts it in the light, you can see that it looks like Someone has taken embers, and the whole blade looks like it's made of embers. Ooh. It'll burn stuff if you stab it. You want this? Following your established naming convention, is it called the Dagger of Stabbing? It's not my- I, I've already been over this. It's not my naming convention. It's the naming convention. The people that made it use. The guys at the top, they make the names, and then I sell the goods, okay? <laughs> All of a sudden, my eyes go wide, and I say, can, can we get a clean plate of that? Okay, hold, hold on. All right, Stop laughing. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God, no. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As he says that, Tedward's eyes just go wide, and all the color drains from his face. He just goes, goes all the way to the top. Yeah, that's what I just said. And I'm backing away, and I'm like looking around wildly, because again, I haven't slept. This goblin, this uh, this goblin, like starts to look around wildly. What is there somebody here? You tell me. I look, look, look. I just, do you want to buy the knife, and then we leave? 
You get away from me. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I think Edward panics. And he headbutts this guy hard. Oh no. Give me a tackle. Oh, 18. 18. Um, that definitely hits his armor glass. You've reached down as this this um goblin-like individual is taking two steps backward. You just rear down and headbutt him in the face. What the hell? What are you doing? Roll me damage. Uh, what would that even do? <laughs> Just a D4 plus your strength modifier. Oh, okay. <laughs> six. Mm, six damage. Um, you hear a crunch as this goblin's oh. like kind of long and pointed nose just cracks. And you hear him go, oh, oh, what the fuck? Why did you do that? Oh, oh wait, no. he's a legit goblin? And he like yeah. stumbles down to the ground. Why did you just headbutt the man? The Hold on, man. if he's on the ground, he's going in a sleeper hold. Oh, <laughs> Haley, attempt to stop him. Do you need a grapple check or something? Yeah, give me an attack roll with... Yeah, just use your strength modifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12. 12, okay. Can you roll an athletics check for this person? You leap down to the ground to try and grab him in a sleeper hold, and they're just small and slippery. Um, and as you like wrap your arm around their neck, they slip down your like midriff, and then... What's your armor class? My armor class is, hold on. I have to find the actual number. All I have written here is stick with two C's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's 14. Um, with a 14. Um, <laughs> oh, it's um, your armor class is 14. You feel them swing at the inside of your leg like they're trying to hit you like right in between the legs and they just barely miss and glance off you. And then the goblin starts scurrying for the door. He was going for Tuberry. Just before he makes it to the door, uh, Thurbash is going to drop into a crouch and cast whole person on him. Oh, okay. Why are we attacking this person? Give I don't me, know. Give me a wisdom save. It's visibly confused and scared. No, he makes a wisdom save. Oh, he makes a wisdom save. Okay, yeah. what's your DC? 14. You raise your hand up. What does it look like when you cast the spell? Uh, it's just a it's just a swift movement, and there's maybe like a slight uh, like bend in the light, but it's nothing like super visible. He just kind of like stops. Okay. Um. You see the spell start to take hold as this individual just starts like starts to freeze up, and then you feel a strain against the magic as you're trying to hold them in place, and they lurch forward and spring for the door, pull it open, and start sprinting through the shop. Uh. <laughs> Hey, I don't know. We should stop him, though, right? No! <laughs> he just headbutted him. He's going to tell the guards. <laughs> He's not going to tell the guards. He had to meet us in secret. Goes all the way to the top. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, we got the bag. <laughs> the bag that holds stuff. Okay. Yeah, I know all we of this the, for a bag that holds bag. stuff. Um, um, okay. And you, while you guys are sitting here, you see the shopkeep's head peer into the room and go, "Is everything all right?" No. What did? What just happened? Completely fine. Nothing wrong. Roll me a deception check, please. <laughs> um. Okay. That is a sixteen. Um. This this half elf individual goes, "Oh. Um. Okay. Did did he hurt you? Did he hurt you in any way? No. All right. Quick. Quickly go." Come, come here. There's a door out the back. Go that way. That little guy is never coming back in my shop. He always causes some kind of trouble. Wow, that hurt. <laughs> Aww, he's taking the fall. You gonna? He's like a drug dealing goblin. <laughs> yeah, but it's our fault. Do you say this out loud? No, I'm not saying this out loud. Just a just a heads up. In this world universe, goblins aren't evil. Like, they're not, like, the token bad guy race. Oh, damn. I'm hella racist. <laughs> well, it's it, in, in most high fantasy, they that, that's assumed. Um, but I don't really do those kind of forced alignments for races and stuff like that. All right. I'm going to have to... Tedward has some reevaluating to do. But I, I think the headbutt is justified because he said it goes all the way to the top. Well, you know, the people at the top. And that's exactly what he needed to hear to lose his shit. We're going to follow the shopkeep out the small back door. Okay, so you um, you guys make your way out of the shop in the back, um, and you're out on the street with a new fresh bag of holding that you surprisingly paid for. What do you want to do? 
we should collect all the money in in the the new bag that holds. Okay. Or okay. should we just keep it separate and then for future money? Be... We should have like seventeen hundred left over okay. by like actual math, not like character math. Actual math. Okay. Um, what's next on the roster of things that you, as a group, would like to ruin? <laughs> Perhaps now that we have calmed down and gotten what we had come for, we should talk to Rose. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I'm in favor of joining a union. <laughs> it would be beneficial, especially if uh, guards or other individuals we've pissed off come back for us. <laughs> okay, let's go find her. Okay, um, Rose gave you pretty straightforward directions on how to get to the inn where you'd find her. Um, the pink one, right? Yep, the pink one, which there's only one in town. After some time, you all manage to make your way to this pink inn. It's mostly like a brick building, and it's pretty haphazardly painted pink. Above the door, it's called the Fancy Flamingo. Flamingos exist in this world. Yes. Cool. Big, big noodle neck birds. Is there something, is there like a strange thing about them? Are they, or are they just like the flamingos you know and love? Yep. Just the flamingos you know and love. Right, cool. Get Except they spit acid. They spit acid? That would be it. Do flamingos not spit acid in this world? <laughs> Don't flamingos normally spit acid? What doesn't spit acid? You beat me to it. <laughs> um, you open up the door to this inn slash tavern. And conveniently enough, it's early enough in the morning, you guys find Rose sitting down, um, reading through what looks to be some kind of newspaper. Um, she's sitting at a table off to the far right um, with a mug of coffee. Sitting on the table is her pristinely polished black hammer. It's just kind of sitting on the tabletop. At her feet, like curled up on the floor comfortably, is the large armadillo that was carrying Tedward around. Um, Tedward, because you've never seen Rose before. So you see a fairly large elven woman, probably about your height. Um, how how tall is Tedward exactly? Do you know? Like six and a half feet tall. Okay, she's in that case, she'd be a little bit shorter than you. She's about six feet tall. You see she's wearing a pair of, or wearing a long black, well, actually she has a long black leather duster that's kind of worn and faded hanging on the seat behind her. Along with this, you can see a, a pair of very, very worn and beaten black leather boots. Um, she's wearing a, like a simple um, pair of long pants that are baggy. Um, and this kind of white bla- blouse that's a bit frilled right around the top of the collar by the back of her neck. Sitting on the floor next to her, actually perched on the back of the armadillo that's curled up, is a large, wide-brimmed hat that's just kind of sitting lazily on the back of this creature. You can see on the table there's a big, fat glass ashtray and sitting inside, smoke still pouring up into the air is a thick cigar. Um, and she's reading the paper and sipping from this coffee. As the door opens, she looks, o- um, she looks over in your direction, looks back to the newspaper and does a double take and goes, well, I'll be, you're all awake. You showed up quite fast. Okay, so you're the armadillo woman. And you are the fellow that was uh, knocked out for, what, a day and a half maybe? I turned to uh, Thurbash. You told me it was seven hours. I, I was not keeping track. All right. That was just a guess. So come in, come in. She um she stands up, puts her the newspaper down, and grabs another table and pulls it over to hers. Have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go sit. Okay. Um, he gives a little bit of like a bottle cap of water to to Barry. He <laughs> goes put him on the table. Yeah. Starts waddling around. She kind of looks at it a little confused. Your troop is just growing it ever bigger every day, huh? Yeah, it's, we kind of find ourselves in uh, in weird situations. And then I'm going to look at Tedward like, weird situations. <laughs> um, so how are you doing, Rose? I'm doing pretty well. Enjoying a nice cup of coffee here. Just finished up breakfast. I was about to go scouting for some more work, but... um. Looks like the four of you kind of traipse on in. Yourself? Um, yeah, pretty good. Exciting morning. Uh, you know, how those are. <laughs> so I guess I guess the question we have is what kind of job? Well, on my plate right now, usually when we induct members into the Hunters of Amarth, we kind of run them through a little bit of a trial phase where we give them a mission or so, 
see how they do, make sure they can hold their own and not be a liability to the rest of the guild. They're usually small-scale stuff, investigations, disappearances, little things like that. Some Sometimes a monster containment. Um, but based on your skill with that dragon before, um, I think I have some nice things prepared for you if you're willing to take a look. I believe we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I look at the, mm -hmm. the rest of the group. All right. So, you see her reach down into um, a leather dust or leather bag she has with her at her side. A bag that holds things, not a bag of holding, it seems. The first of my offerings are she slides a, an, an envelope forward. We have received word that um, a mine, roughly a day or so travel from here, northeastward, just out of out, just outside of the Whispering Wood. Um, the mine has had to be shut down inconveniently, and the people that run the mine have re requisitioned the guild to figure out what's going on. Now, as far as we know, people who have been digging in the mines and living in the camps surrounding have inconveniently turned to stone, um, and it scared off all the workers. Some, Sorry, pull up. Yeah, bit ironic, isn't it? Something is turning them to stone, and we've been hired to figure out what. She reaches in another, pulls out another envelope. This one here is, there's a farming town maybe five days south of here. Or four and a half, maybe, if you're quick. Called Dunwich. Mostly farming town. They do, they got rice fields, wheat fields, and, you know, all other kind of basic crops. Um, and they've been getting reports that something or someone has been uh, burning their fields. And not all of them. Um, it's... Pretty much devastated half of the town's crops for this season, um, and they would like to contain what or whoever has been causing this. And the final one is a bit more local. She pulls out a black envelope. People around town have been gone missing, and in a bit of fit of desperation, the mayor has reached out to the guild, which is something we usually don't see here. Just a few days ago, we or someone from the town's guard recovered a body floating at the surface of the lake, right up in the fishing district. And along with that, a dear friend of mine, who is also a fisherman on the lake, has gone missing. Along with that, there have been strange reports of people hearing ominous whispers along the lake. Now, normally that's a thing you hear out in the wood where the spirits live, um, but within the clearing of this town, that's never been the case, but it's starting to crop up um, around the districts closest to the lake, which is not good. All three, um, I cannot guarantee, will be safe. Um, they may be dangerous. Do any of your any of them catch your eyes? We already have a good standing with the mayor. Perhaps we should help him with this issue. I mean, if you have an in with him, that would be just as fine. Might give you a little bit more leniency around towns. Usually the guild, um, we run into local resistance sometimes, you know, overlapping jurisdictions and such. I agree. What do the rest of y'all think? Yeah, I'm interested in the whispering thing. Says yeah. Tedward, trying to sound casual. <laughs> Off the top. Can you roll yeah. me a wisdom check? Not wisdom, <laughs> just charisma check. Earthletics. Earthletics. Athletics. Charisma is 10. 10, okay. Um, you don't really show any outward sides of being, you know, nervous or reacting to the whispering mention of this conversation. Nice. Um, I will spoil it by congratulating myself verbally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good job, Ted. We're good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You did great. Well, did. It, it sounds like we will go with the envelope in black. So the whispers of the lake. I'm very happy to hear that because this case is um, particularly important to me. She takes the other two envelopes and pockets them. Um, since you'll be training with me personally for this endeavor, um, whatever the whatever comes out of the bounty will, you know, portion of it will go to you. We can negotiate that when it comes up. And if we figure out what's going on, I will owe you my personal gratitude. How's that sound? Yeah, I'm game. She well, is just really excited to go on an adventure. <laughs> She um, puts out her hand. Sounds good. You want to shake on it? Like one at a time? I want it. Never mind. Moment spoiled. <laughs> she reaches for her cup of coffee and takes a slow sip. All right. 
so if you're willing to take this, she opens up or she takes the black envelope and Alea, since you had said you were the leader, she hands it to you. Oh gosh. I guess I open the envelope. Okay. Um inside it details two particular things. Um first, a guard by the name of Theodore. What kind of name is that? Or found the body of an older local fisherman. They found it on the surface of the lake at the very, very, very edge of town. The next contact, it's not necessarily a person, but more of a place. Um, it details uh, a small like fishing vessel um, on the eastern side of the lake. Second row in, there's a small blue fishing boat down at the end. It belonged to an individual by the name of Constance. I'm going to do some investigating around town on my own, ask around in some of my contacts and circles. Um, the most recent disappearance of my friend and the body that they found were both down at the Lakeside District fishing side. is definitely taking notes. So if you could uh, wander yourselves over there and take a look, see if you can find anything that my old and wizened eyes might have missed, that'd be wonderful. That can be done. All right. It's settled then. Welcome to the guild. Outside an open window of the fancy flamingo, we see a quick blur of gray rush past. A small figure, clad in a gray and stony cloak, with a hand upon their broken and bleeding nose, moves down this road with purpose. Killick, a goblin artificer of the Whiteleaf Wood, normally spends his days at home in the woodlands, crafting magical trinkets and baubles for his collections, occasionally selling them to weary travelers who pass by his humble home. He rarely ever finds himself in town, and almost never risks selling to a stranger in such a suspicious, superstitious town. Though, this day is a little bit different. Today, he chides himself under his breath as a steady trickle of blood runs down from his nose, staining the wrinkled green skin around his grimmest lips. Shit. Damn it. Shit. I knew I should have stayed at home. Nothing is worth this kind of hassle. I'm done for. The watch is going to find me. They're going to turn me in. I'm fucking dead. His quiet mumbling distracts him for but a moment. As he quickly turns the corner of an alleyway and his face presses against soft painted leather. In a tumbling blur, he falls down to the ground in surprise. His limbs now tangled with those of another. Quickly, Killick realizes his mistake as a surprised member of the city guard stands up and braces themselves against the wall of the alley to regain their footing. Killick stands up as well, embarrassed, his hand against his bloodied nose. Hey, fella, look, look, I am real sorry. I, I wasn't looking where I was going. Here, um, here, take this. His calloused green hands reaches into his freshly filled coin pouch, fumbling for a few gold pieces. Look, we can forget about this, and I'll be on my... <coughs> Killick's breath is cut short as he feels a cold hand grasp his throat and lift him off the ground, his coins and striped bag of holding spilling into the alleyway at his feet. What stands before him is a member of the City Watch no longer. This individual's short, red hair and comfortably tanned skin quickly shift to an oily blue substance, and in that moment, the alleyway is briefly consumed by living darkness. Then. A few quiet moments later, Killick steps out of the alleyway. We can see now that he looks healthier than ever. The fresh blood on his face, gone and wiped away, as if his nose was never broken. From beneath the gray, stony hood of his cloak, we see his red eyes slowly shifting to a calm and unsettling black. And just behind his ears, we see small tendrils of writhing shadow retreat into the depths of his cloak. Then, a smile crawls across his green, taut lips as the whispers of the lake claim another. Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around and I really hope you enjoyed the story so far. For those of you 
really diehard fans who hang around at the end and listen to my ramblings about how much I enjoy making the show, I'm going to give you a little peek behind my storyteller screen. At the beginning and end of each episode, you may have noticed that I you know, try to do a narration that sets up the scene or a long-term character for each arc. You may not know this, but those are there for you, the audience. The players never actually see or hear those narrations whatsoever. One of my favorite storytelling elements is dramatic irony, where the viewers are in on something that the characters aren't entirely aware of. And I find that it can make silly, goofy moments like that deal with the goblin in this episode so much more fun because we get to see the true danger just lurking around the corner while the rest of the players in the party are having their own harmless fun. Makes the stakes feel a little bit pressing. Anyways, the songs we use this week are Drums of the Deep and This House by Kevin MacLeod, which seems to be the running theme for this arc's villain, though I may get back to you on that depending on how things go. You know the drill. Spread the word, share the show, and have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you on the spoopy date of October 4th when our next episode launches. Stay safe, and see you soon. Elf smoking a cigar have the same health implications that it does for a human. Hmm. Since they get to live to like a thousand, can they just like just probably house full of cancer? Probably less, but probably still like the same outcome or result. It just takes a lot longer. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> they probably got like their cells probably like regenerate faster, which is why they like live for such a long time. You just get elf cancer. Yeah. Their ears grow uncontrollably. Oh, God. (laughs) All the way to the top. All the way to the top. I was literally crying. (laughs) I I had to mute myself because I was losing it. (laughs) Just walking through a town, you see some guy whose, like, ears are, like, 12 feet above the top of a building. Yeah, it's stage four. You're oh, Mike. Don't got lost.